Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. Super excited to come back today with my next episode of my podcast, and I am joined today by Holly. Say hi, Holly. Hi. Um, so uh, the kind of process of finding Holly was was a different one for me. Um, I had actually noticed that uh, Holly had been liking or commenting or whatever it may be on my different types of Instagram posts and things like that. So I said, oh, I, I should look into this human that, that likes my different posts and stuff. Um, because I always like to, you know, I'm always interested in the people that that comment or like or, or that find me or that follow me or whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, I, I was just kind of looking into different people and I saw you and I clicked on your page and I said, oh, this is an interesting human. This this seems like a, a cool person that I would like to have on my podcast. So I reached out to you. I said, hey, do you want to do my podcast? And you very graciously said yes. So uh, welcome and thank you so much for being here. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So I have to ask first off, uh, before we get into everything, how did you find me, if I can ask? Because I actually don't know the answer to this. Um, so I think, honestly, I can't even remember. I'm pretty sure, though. That's the best answer. (laughs) I think it was through, um, like, the autism edit. So when, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you did your, um, recording with her, and then she, like, kind of promoted it, and I saw it, and I kind of went over to your page, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, yeah, Kathy's great. Um, Mm -hmm. she's, she's really fantastic. I had a wonderful conversation with her and so that's really cool. Uh, but your answer of, I honestly don't even remember that's the best answer because it's a real answer. So that made me happy. Uh, well, however it is you found me, I'm so glad that you did because that allowed me to find you and getting into your page. I see, uh, that you are autistic, um, and that you identify as neurodivergent. Now talk to me about that because I can Google things and I can see definitions of things, but that doesn't mean that I understand it or understand you per se. So, um, talk to me about what that means. Um, I think I like, I think for me as well, like something else people should know is yes, I'm autistic, but I also work in the education field. Um, and I think when I hear, like when I, when I hear the word neurodivergent, I think for me, it makes me feel more empowered about my autism over like side, I guess you could say, I feel like there's a lot of, um, stereotyping with, um, like the word disability connected to autism. Yeah. And I think when it's put into such a good light with, you know, neurodiversity and like that community, um, it's more uplifting than, you know, looked down upon. Yeah, there's certainly a stigma that exists. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to get to a point now where things like autism don't come with a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tough um, because I feel like I, I've talked to, I've done a few different, whether YouTube or podcast interviews, um, with people that are autistic or have children that are autistic or have partners that are autistic or whatever it may be. Um, And one thing that I've kind of universally seen is that stigma that still exists with it. But Kathy, who I think you might have found me through, um, she talks a lot about um, how very soon we're going to get to the point where everybody is going to know somebody with all that is autistic. 
mm-hmm. and it, that this whole stigma of it's this strange or weird or quote unquote whatever you want to say thing, it just has to go away. It's just a part of life. There, there are people that are autistic. There are people that are not diagnosed. There are people that never get diagnosed. Um, I've had conversations with people that don't get diagnosed until they were in their 30s or 40s with autism. Um, so this whole notion of like it's a it's a different thing or it's an out of the norm thing just has to go away because it's not anymore. Um, exactly. And, and I think you talking about the neurodivergent, I I actually I really like that term because when I actually looked it up and kind of saw that it's just like it's variations in the human brain in the way things are processed, um, you know, non pathological senses and all that kind of stuff. Um, I like that terminology a lot, the neurodivergent. Um, And I'm hoping that whatever it is we do, whatever it is that society continues to do in the medical community, that we get this to a point where autism isn't a quote-unquote weird thing anymore. Um, That it's just a part of life and that we all know people that have, that are autistic or, you know, neurodivergent or, you know, whatever it is that may be. Um, And at least for me, when I was growing up, um, you know, I'm never afraid to say what I was ignorant about and didn't know about and didn't have knowledge about. Um, when I was growing up, if I heard that somebody was autistic, I thought that it meant that they weren't, you know, able to function in society or that they couldn't have a conversation. You know, these, I had no education about it. I knew nothing about what it actually meant to be autistic, except for what you see in movies and stuff, which doesn't help at all, by the way. No. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until I got older that I realized that. It's like, oh, wow, there's so many different types of autism, just like anything else, and different ways of, you know, it affecting people and how people function in society and everything. And, um, you know, me growing up, I never would thought that I would be sitting here having a podcast conversation with somebody who is autistic and um, is able to be as chatty and conversational as you are. So um, it's really amazing. But talk to me about your journey. I always say on here, we never know you know, where we are now until we know where we came from. So just talk to me about a little bit about your backstory. Yeah, for sure. So I was diagnosed, I think, at least for what I see on social media, I'm a bit different from a lot of other people. Um, I was diagnosed at the age of six, um, which I believe was beneficial for me because it gave me, um, like I had really good parental figures in my life and they were able to present my diagnosis to me in a way that was obviously age appropriate, but that I really understood, which I think is like a super beautiful thing. And I almost wish that more people could benefit from that. And it's not something to be scared of. It's something to embrace. Um, and you know, when, when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, like, I'm autistic and I kind of knew that in my head I didn't really go to school and talk about it um I in school I did I would say that I did struggle a lot but it was hard for me because I was kind of I don't really love functioning labels but I was labeled as like the high functioning autistic so it was hard for me to get like extra support and like academic help and things like that because it's like oh you can do it like you know you're verbal oh okay Mm -hmm. so it's like sort of i guess maybe like what i said of like the teachers almost looking at you like well you're not what i you normally think of as autistic so you're you're fine you can do everything 
Exactly. So that was, it was tough for you to get, you know, seek out that additional like assistance or help or whatever in school. Exactly. Yeah. And then when I got to high school, like for me, like I was doing, like as a child, I was doing like, um, speech therapy, um, tutoring, um, all different types of things just to kind of really bring up my academic skills, which I'm very, very grateful for today, which I'll get to. Um, but yeah, so fast forward to high school. Uh, I think high school is more of the point where I got like self-conscious about my diagnosis because you're at that like weird, like teenage stage and you don't really want to talk about that kind of All stuff. Angsty. Yes. Angst, yeah. And then I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression when I was 13. Um, but yeah, so looking back on that now, I believe that it was a lot of self-doubt from my autism diagnosis because I felt like I couldn't be myself and I couldn't um, be who I really was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it... It was definitely a struggle, but I was, I would say, stronger when I was in high school. Um, not so much with math, but... Um, math was not my str- I'm not a math and science person. I was like an no. English and history person. Exactly. And, um, I, you know, I loved writing about, like, essays, things like that. Um, but math definitely wasn't my thing. And I think that's another thing, like a lot of people think, oh, autistic people, you know, they can really be math geniuses. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Please, please the, stere- don't. the stereotypes just kick in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and, and you're please like, don't no. ask me anything about math. You're like, if it's not basic math and I don't, then. I don't yeah. want it. <laughs> I know. That's how I was. Like, I don't know. Like, I had friends that were really good at math and I would get, like, mad at them. I'm like, how is this so easy for you? This is so difficult for me. <laughs> so I never understood that. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so I was in high school. Um, and, yeah, like, I, I think, like, I did really well, like, involvement-wise and things like that. Um, I had a couple of close friends. I, I know I was like bullied a lot and things like that, which was mm, definitely a, sorry. a struggle, but you know, like you come to realize like who you need to be around and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like by the time I got to grade 12, I was more just focused on like, okay, like what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Um, but yeah, so that it was just crazy, but bringing me to what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I had known like since I was like 12 that like, I wanted to help other people like me. Yeah. Um, so I ended up leaving high school, getting accepted into a local college and, um, which brings me to now three years later, um, I'm graduating um, this August from the Educational Assistant Program. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, with that role, um, I mainly work with people like myself or that are on the, somewhere on that neurodivergent um, perspective. And, um, yeah, it's super cool that, like, I get to help them um 
you know, succeed in life and academically and, you know, just life skills and everything. Um, but yeah, I think it's super exciting for me because I, I get to be for other people what I didn't get in school. Um, which I think is like a super blessing because it's almost like I can relate to, um, you know, the kids that I work with in a way that is different from other people and it's from a different perspective 100 percent. that's yeah you're you're one of the good ones um that's i think that's really amazing uh that you want to be able to do for people what you didn't find that you had done for you um because you're not going to go in with any of those assumptions of like oh you're you're more you know for lack of better terminology you're more high functioning you're okay it's like no I know what that felt like. I know how people viewed me and like, that's not okay. So I'm not going to do that to other people. Um, so you touched on a couple different things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, number one, um, you know, you're, you're still pretty young. You're, you're kind of just getting through all of this. High school wasn't that far away from you. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people that I talk to are a little bit older and later in life. They're in their thirties, forties, fifties. So it's really cool to get the perspective of a younger person. Um, one thing that I do want to touch on because we can start with this because you mentioned it and you are younger is what was growing up being autistic and going through things and saying that you were bullied and things like that in this age of social media. Uh, what is that like for you? Was social media an escape for you? Um, was it something that you could find solace in and enjoyment in? Um, or did, did it just lend to, you know, the, the bullies and stuff like that just making things worse or like i'm always interested in the younger generation i say younger because i'm in my mid-30s so i'm getting old <laughs> um of what social media has been like because i like to say on my my whole generation says we are so glad that we didn't go through high school with social media because we just thought it would be so much more chaotic so i know it's all you've really ever known but mm -hmm. what was social media like for you did you use it as a tool or you know was it an escape or what was that for you um, well, back, like, a couple of years ago, like you said, it wasn't that long ago when I was in high school, but, um, I think I'm, like, I didn't really use it, I kind of just used it to post pictures of, like, me and my friends doing fun things, things like that. I wasn't open about my diagnosis at the time in yeah. person at school, like, nobody knew about it. Um. Oh, okay, so nobody really knew. No. Okay. Um. So, I don't know if, like, people just picked up on the fact that there was, like, something definitely different. Um, or, like, I don't know what it was. Like, it could be anything in the teen years. But actually, surprisingly, like, most of it didn't happen online. Um, a lot of it did happen, like, in person, you know, like, in the hallway, things like that. So, kind of like what Old you... Old school style, like what I went through. Yeah, so... Yeah. Which is super surprising because, like, you would think it would happen on social media, so it wouldn't be as sure. easy to catch. But I think the hardest part for me was, and I think that this is a big thing, um, when you're not using social media and you're doing it to somebody in person, it's hard to get evidence of that. Yeah. Um, because obviously with other people, even around like other students and stuff, it's hard to get like bystanders and things like that. Because a lot of kids, other kids like won't say anything because yeah. they're, 
you know, they're teenagers. Like, they won't. Yeah. Right? Um, so I think that was, like, the biggest thing for me. But I, nobody knew about my diagnosis in high school, which I find super interesting that, like, I look back now and I'm like, hmm, what would a high school have looked like for me if somebody did know about my diagnosis? Yeah. yeah. So you're... What about like your your closer friends? Did they know, or did you just kind of universally keep it out of the conversation because you didn't want to put yourself like in that limelight? Um, I think one of I think I told one of my friends, but it was very never discussed again. I was never asked about it. Um, but yeah, so it it was really interesting. Um. You know, even the response that I got from that, I think that majorly impacted me not talking about my diagnosis till I was 20. Because when I told that friend, I was probably like, I don't know, 16. Um, And there wasn't the best reaction from that. Um, And I definitely think it might have been like a cultural thing. And like, I get that not everybody's like, you know where I'm at or where not everybody's prepared to handle that information. Mm -mm. So yeah, it it was pretty bad. And like, even like parents and stuff were just like, really back that it was like to a kid was just like, Oh, okay. Um, that was uncalled for. (laughs) Just makes you kind of go back into your shell even more. Yeah. And like I said, I think that's why I wasn't like talking with autism until I was like, 20 like yeah in the in the public were you were you involved in high school were you in clubs activities things like that or did you kind of more just keep to your group of friends um so my group of friends were all involved and we were all like kind of in the same clubs and things like that so big like social justice people and things like that that's awesome yeah that's what i did with my friends we just kind of migrated to the same things like together (laughs) (laughs) I uh, just kind of ran the same groups and organizations. So I definitely get that. Um, talking about your actual journey of saying, you know, to the world, because on your Instagram, you know, it says your name, it says educational assistant, and then it says autistic. So that actual process of telling the world like, hey, I'm autistic. This is mm-hmm. me. This is who I am. What was that like for you? Like, what was the de- the decision maker, you know, that day that you sat down to write? autistic on your instagram Mm -hmm. um you know what was that process like and why did you finally decide to kind of you know tell the world like hey this is who i am i think a thing that majorly impacted me was like i said i wasn't open about my diagnosis but i think i was scrolling on like instagram or tiktok or something like that and i saw a lot of people making like mean comments about people with autism and they were all very like stereotypical comments yep And it was kind of just one of the moments where I just kind of like threw my pen in the air and I was like, no, like this is not like this is not the way that the world's meant to be. And this is not the way that people are meant to be perceived. And this is in some cases or all cases is what I mean, not the way that people should be treated. Um, And that's kind of what caused me to say, hey, you know what? That's not cool. And, you know, not everybody is going to look like that or have that characteristic and it's not cool that you assume that everybody's going to be like that or um 
even just the fact that you're making one mean comment about a person, like, find something better to do. So that's kind of what caused me to like, you know, like I said, just kind of say, you know what, this is what I need to do. And I think it was also a huge part of me, like you said earlier, coming out of my shell and just um, being honest. And I'm just, what I'm doing is just trying to make the world a little bit more aware of, you know, it could be anybody. So you had all this strength inside of you and you just needed that to unlock it and for you to step out and say, no, this is not okay. This is not acceptable. Um, I, apl- I applaud you. I think that's really incredible. Um, I think that we need more people in the world like you that are willing to stand up and say, this is not okay. Um, and not only, you know, the difference is a lot of people will stand up and say that something isn't okay. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is that you stood up and said it's not okay. And then you also added to that and said, this is who I am. I am autistic. And, you know, you, you're you kind of standing up for the people that might not have the courage yet to stand up for themselves. Or maybe they don't have the ability to stand up for themselves. Um, so you're amazing. I applaud you. That's, that's really incredible. Thank you. Um, You know, it takes a lot to find strength through somebody else's, um, you know, through somebody else's pain, but that's oftentimes how we do find it. Um, Mm -hmm. I have throughout my life found a lot of strength through pain, um, and struggle. Um, you know, so I, I just think that's incredible, um, that you chose to use that as a tool to help people and to make the world better. So, um, that naturally leads to um, Youth of Pathstone. So that is on your Instagram. I'm going to put all the links and everything in the description of this podcast. But yeah. talk a little bit about um, Youth of Pathstone to me. Um, so where I live locally to me, there's an organization called Pathstone. So it's a um, mental health for youth. Um, so currently I'm volunteering with their Youth Action Committee. So what I do is we kind of come together and create um, or display content on their Instagram page and things like that. Um, It's a good-looking Instagram page. (laughs) Thank you. It's got got a lot of, like, fun stuff on it. It's got visuals and explanations. And I was kind of looking at the page before we started talking. So bravo. It's a a nice-looking page. Thank you. Yeah, there's me and then there's, like a couple other people that, um, contribute to that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice because I think it's nice for people to be able to follow that page and then have that, like, positivity coming through on their feed because we all know that there's been a lot of negativity on the media and I just think it's super important to, like, you know, that even if you are going to scroll on Instagram for 20 minutes a day... Um, you know, you might scroll and see something as positive as that, and it kind of fills your cup a little bit. Um, but also to like pass along to somebody else and make their day. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think anytime you can, you know, acknowledge different people and different groups, um, you know, to, to kind of stand up for people that maybe don't, like I said earlier, kind of don't have the, the strength to do it, or maybe that are being bullied. Um, 
and just seeing any little bit of extra, hey, you're okay. You know, whoever it is that you are, however you identify, you know, wh whatever it is that's going on, like, you're okay. Um, and, you know, things are going to be okay. And giving people a space to have an outlet um, and to have a conversation, I think that's, that's one of the main things about why I wanted to do this is just having conversations, just letting people know that whoever it is that they are, it's okay. Um, you know, and, and giving people kind of a space to talk about, you know, what they're experiencing and what they're going through and what they're a part of uh, also helps to bring, you know, bring awareness to different things and organizations and stuff. So um, I, I really like the, the stuff that's posted um, on, on Pathstone um, because it doesn't just touch on kind of one particular thing. It's really mm -hmm. kind of across the board. Like you touch on a lot of different, you know, topics and you do a lot of different like fun things like virtual paint night. That's really cool, you know, uh, just being able to like bring people together and stuff. And um, I love that you talk about happy transgender day of visibility. Like, I think that's really amazing because I, you know, I try to be very supportive of that community. Um, you know, so just, you know, you, you do like reminder things and do a lot of like cool inspirational quotes and things like that. So. I think it's great, um, you know, what you're doing and what you're involved with is, is pretty awesome. So that's kind of what you're doing social media-wise right now. But talk about a little bit about your day-to-day -day life. Um, you know, I know you're an educational assistant. You're kind of going through that process. But um, what do you like to do for fun? What, what is your kind of day-to-day -day when you're not at work? Um, so when I'm not at work, like, I typically, um, you know, I like to go on walks. Um, I live closer to like a downtown area, so I'm a huge person for like shopping local and things like that. It's so, like, yes, even, amen. So just going to yeah. get like a coffee and things like that and, you know, just browse around. Um, like I said, just going for walks kind of, I'm very mellow. Keep it um, casual and chill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I'm a huge animal person. So, Ditto. um, my wife and I are huge animal people. Sure. Oh, I love that. Um, so, like, for me, um, I moved out, so I live alone now. Mm -hmm. And I have for about a year or two now. Um, so I have a hamster at my apartment. That's great. And then, um, like, my childhood family dog, she lives with um, my grandparents. So I like to go over there and visit. Um, yeah. And then I also have a boyfriend, and I've been with him for two years now um okay. a little bit so congratulations thank you yeah is he, so... is he the the young man i've seen on your your instagram <laughs> yeah he is okay awesome uh yeah i love that i love the the really chill stuff uh that's how my wife and i are um i told you we just got back from a trip um but you know we we're pretty we're pretty chill people we're animal people dogs in particular we really love dogs. Um, we, we try to volunteer when we can. We, we, when we adopt dogs, we try to adopt older dogs, um, you know, that, that, you know, a lot of people don't want, which is silly to me because, like, little old dogs are, like, the cutest. They just want to so be loved cute. and held and, yeah. Um, but I love that you support local business, too. That's really great. Um, being in the Cleveland area, we're all about local business, um, especially during the pandemic. A lot of small businesses mm -hmm. have closed or they're really struggling right now. So everybody listening out there, support your local business, wherever it is you're from, please support local business. Um, so mentioning the pandemic, what has the past year and a half been like for you? Did, did, 
did this pandemic, you know, you working in education and going to school and everything, how, how has that affected your life? Um, so actually it was pretty busy. Um, I was finishing up college for this, uh, program and work that I'm doing now. So it was like very, um, busy cause I was doing my last placement. So like going to a school, um, two to three times a week and then doing like three or four online courses for college. So that kind of craziness of finishing everything up. And yeah. then just as I was like finishing my placement, um, everything went online. So the kids were online. So the class that I was in at the time was like JKSK. So like four and five year olds. So online, it was just kind of like, crazy because they're so young and like they get so distracted and everything yeah how do you how do you online educate four and five year olds you just gotta do the best you can you know like <laughs> you're like all right well here we go yeah but honestly i think this year was more about like the kids mental health over like okay we need to follow this this and this right yeah yeah so. that's tough um I, I, I've known, you know, I have a lot of friends that are parents, um, and they're talking about what their kids have gone through and the journey of their children and how that experience has been for, for them as parents, but also like for their children, I've actually got to talk to a few younger people of like, Hey, what was, what was this like going to school through this pandemic? And the one almost universal thing I got, which was so interesting is everybody saying, I'm so sick of being home and virtual and looking at a screen. Like I'm just exhausted from this. Mm -hmm. And that's such an, almost an ironic thing because we now live in the age of social media and technology where you see people constantly on their phones, constantly on their computers or iPads or tablets mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. And then when that was the only thing they had to work with, they were like, I'm so sick of this. I just yeah. want to be back in person. I want to be around other humans again. Um, so I found it to be very, very interesting uh, that when that was the only thing that we had, people began craving social and human interaction. Um, mm -hmm. So during this pandemic, did you have kind of a bubble of people that you were able to spend time with and see consistently? Or did you spend a lot more kind of time on your own solo or kind of what was that like for you? So since I live in Canada, it was a little bit like crazy. Um, we were like in and out of lockdown, like, I don't know, every other week or like Very strange, right? a couple of days. So like for me being like autistic and like adjusting to the constant transitions, like my life was just like, sometimes I was just in like this whirlwind. Yeah. Um, and I was just trying to like get through school and things like that. But, like, luckily, since I lived alone, they did make accommodations for people that did live alone for their mental health. So, like, the first part of lockdown, I was, like, FaceTiming my grandparents and things like that. And then I was seeing my boyfriend in person. And then I was seeing my grandparents and then not my boyfriend. And then I during... The... back and forth. Yeah. Yes. And then I was FaceTiming him and then during the middle of the pandemic, I had to get my wisdom teeth out. Oh, so, 
I was like living with my grandparents and then he couldn't like my boyfriend couldn't be there so it was just like craziness and um like now i'm on a bit more of a consistent thing as numbers like go down um and like i have my appointment for my second dose congratulations thank you my wife and i have ours um so whenever i hear people are getting theirs i'm like yay Mm -hmm. so um yeah so i right now i'm able to see like my grandparents and um my boyfriend so it's kind of been nice to kind of feel a little bit more normal but i can't wait to like see my friends again um yeah this whole thing has been um i i feel like i i'm a person that likes people i like spending time with people and being around people and having kind of all of that at least here where we are taken away for quite a long time um i transitioned from working at home like full time and my wife transitioned to working from home full time and it was like it had been a week since we saw our friends and then two weeks and then three weeks and then four weeks and but then you know we very selfishly you know we're like oh we missed our friends and then you turn on the news or whatever and see that people are dying and people are getting sick and then i was like you know what Mm -hmm. i'm not going to complain because there are people that are really struggling and suffering out there but it's human to be selfish and say this is what i feel or this is what i miss and like i just missed being around people i missed interacting with other humans so that was actually part of why i wanted to start this was be able to meet new people and interact Mm -hmm. with new humans without putting anybody in danger or risk so that's kind of part of why i wanted to start this so um, I'm sure for you, it felt very uh, chaotic. You kind of mentioned, uh, you know, as being an autistic person. Um, are you a kind of type A schedule person? Do you like scheduling things and knowing kind of what's coming ahead of time? Or do you kind of like mixing it up and saying, well, today's going to be an adventure? Um, I think I'm more of like that scheduling kind yeah. of person. And I think that's why, like, my profession works so well for me, too, because kids strive off of schedule. I strive yeah. off of schedule. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing. But, um, no, like, I think – and then some days I like to, like, change it up a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mind going on vacation and kind of stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, but, yeah, like, I do have my times where I get anxious when there's schedule changes, but the pandemic was definitely, like, at first, I was like, oh, it's only going to be for a month. And then now I'm like, okay. Yeah, we, um, that's what we were originally told, right? It was like, oh, this is no big deal. And then it's like, oh, this might, you know, people might get sick. And then it's like a year and a half later. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, things are just now starting to open up again and everything. So I'm exactly. just happy. Yeah, I'm just happy that. My wife and I are both vaccinated, um, that we feel more comfortable going out places and doing things and seeing our friends now that are vaccinated and we can hug each other again. That was one of the biggest things. I'm a hugger. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to hug my friends again, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the most amazing (laughs) thing. Um, Yeah. To to look at like a really close friend, like a best friend and say, I haven't hugged you for like a year and a half. That's just, you know, that was just a really kind of crappy thing for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know you know, very luckily we've been healthy and that most of the people we've known have been healthy. So that's the most important thing is that we get back to a place where everybody feels good again and safe and happy. 
Um, but what about you? Do you do you have anything fun or exciting kind of coming up? And fun and exciting is different for everybody. For some people, yeah. that means a vacation. For some people, that means getting back to work or doing a certain thing. What do you have uh, kind of in the works and coming up? I think I'm just super excited to, like, continue talking about autism and, like, breaking stereotypes. Um, I don't really know, like, what... So, so if I can't interject, what would be... If you could say that right now to me, or you're talking to my audience or whoever it may be, mm-hmm. what are the stereotypes um, that you find to be most common that you like to say, listen, this might apply to one person, but it's not universal, or no, that's not correct. What What are kind of the stereotypes that typically stand out to you the most that kind of make you cringe or make you want to go, no, that information you have is not correct? I think... Um... I think a lot of, for me, for my personal experience, it stemmed from, like, um, people looking at me and being like, how could you be autistic? You don't look autistic. Or, you know. And you're like, what does autistic look like? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I say. I'm like, Like, like so... what is the face of autism then? Yeah. Um, or you're in college. You're so smart. How could How could you be in college for something? and be autistic like it's just and people get so baffled by it and I think that's like the biggest thing for me like is just like people can go out and live their life and be successful and do what they need to do do what they're passionate about and you know like I'm autistic I live on my own um you know I'm just working like I'm not um I know somebody who is very very intelligent has a phd mm-hmm. and he is autistic um, and he was not diagnosed until in his 30s um and if you just meet this person and be around this person you you might sense that something is a little but like in general you're like well this is a extremely well-educated person mm-hmm. who has a great job who makes a good living who has a family and you wouldn't right like think that person is autistic but that's exactly what you're just saying is there there is not like a definition of like oh well you're autistic so this is who you are it's exactly everybody everybody's experience is different yeah and i think the other thing is too i hear a lot of people talk about like talk on social media about like um what i can't remember what it's called but it's something about like People that will, and I've had this so many times before, where people look at me and they'll be like, Holly, you're such an inspiration. And it's like, well, that's not the look that I was going for. Um, I just want to show you that I'm living my life. Not, not, I don't want to confuse you, but I'm not meant to be like, like, I don't. I don't want to be a person that's like, wow, that's inspirational. Like, she's autistic. She's doing this, this, and this. Like, I just want it to be kind of normalized that I'm just living my life. You're just Holly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I I definitely get that. And a few people that I know that are autistic themselves, they say very, very similar things. They're say, they say, like, I remember one person in particular said, I'm not trying to be Superman. I'm just trying to be me. Yeah. Um... So I, I 100% get that. Um, 
it's easy to fall back on those terms like inspirational and things like that for people like me that are not autistic and that haven't mm -hmm. walked your path and gone through your journey. But I think like anything else, people that are autistic like you, you know, having these conversations and explaining viewpoints and how you don't want to be put on a pedestal or be viewed as like some, you know, superwoman or anything like that. <laughs> you're just Holly and you're just trying to help other people that are maybe going through the same experiences that you went through, but you're not, you know, this grand figure. You're just a person. Um, yeah. And, and I and I think that's great. We need to continue to have these conversations and to have people that do have autism that are autistic say, this is how I feel. This is what I think. Let's break some stereotypes. Let's get rid of what you know and what you might think. That's totally wrong. Um, mm -hmm. For me, at least my kind of generation, I will say, um, mid-30s, uh, the one thing I remember watching that really changed things for me was uh, there was a movie on HBO, I think it was, Temple Grandin. Did you ever oh, see that? Yep. That's what changed it for me, honestly, because mm -hmm. I really didn't know many autistic people, or I didn't know if I did know them. And I remember seeing that movie, and I was like, wait, what? This woman is brilliant. She's, like, changed the way that we've, you know, worked with, like, animal husbandry and all this kind of stuff. Like, she's changed, like, agriculture systems. She's a professor at a university. I was like, yeah. wait what yeah um and seeing her journey that really made me look into to autism more and kind of oh wow there are people out there that that don't fit this kind of assumed stereotype that we all have did you ever see that movie or know of her story so i didn't actually see the movie but i remember one of the first books that i read when i was about 13 14 was actually um one of her books. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. And it was kind of like a nice introductory thing for me that wasn't just like some person that was like, this is autism. Like it was actually an autistic person writing yeah. the book. Yeah. And I really understood like her narrative and how she felt. Um, and just the way she put things in perspective. Um, but yeah, it was actually like my grandma that got me the book and she actually read it for her own education because yeah. she was the one raising me um so she could really take the time to understand who i kind of was if that makes sense and i thought i thought that that was a super beautiful thing that she took the time to read something that wasn't just thrown together by a person that was like this is autism yeah. it's somebody that was actually autistic and then i read the book a couple years later i would say after she did and I was like, wow, this is so amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. that that film, I didn't read the book, but I saw the film. And then I kind of did my own research into her life after that. That really opened my eyes to, um, you know, what, what, you know, a little bit more into the actual world of, of autism. So, yeah, really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I love what you're doing. I love how you want to help people that have gone through a lot of the same experiences as you, your kind of journey that you've been on and, and what you've been up to and what you hope for um, and the path that you're on, I think is really incredible. Um, and you're just Holly. You're just Holly. That's all. Um, and uh, so I, I'm really appreciative of you coming on here and, and talking with me. And I'd love to catch up with you again in the future and yeah. just kind of do a check in to see where you are and what's going on. 
Um, but I always like to end everything with a fun little rapid fire Q and A. You're making sure. that face. That's really funny. The world, <laughs> the world can't see it, but you're making a face. Um, so if you don't mind, we can just do a fun little, little Q and A, just kind yeah. of whatever, whatever pops in, into your mind. So, mm-hmm. um, I always like to start with this one. What is your favorite late night snack? Oh, I would have to say, I think Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Sour. Do you have any particular flavor that you like or anything, or just the old school original? I think just the original. Yeah. Sour Patch Kids. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So good answer. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what is your dream vacation? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, do I have to pick just one? <laughs> you can pick multiple. This is your Q&A. Um, so I'd love to go to Scotland because that's where like a lot of my family's from. So I think it'd be cool cool to visit and, you know, hiking and stuff like that is just amazing there. Um, and then, hmm, I think somewhere like, somewhere warm. (laughs) So you like, you like the warm. Are you yes. like a are you like a beach person or or just like warm mountains? Like what what kind of warm? Do you like, like beach warm. Okay. Like yeah, warm. I've been um, to the Dominican, so I probably like oh okay go back there because that was like super amazing, and I just love being in the warm, being by the beach, um, things like that. Um, so I definitely go back there. Um, what would my last one be? Maybe like Australia or something. You know what's interesting is I've had a few people say Australia. People seem hmm. to really dig Australia. I mean, I would say Australia. I've never yeah. been to Australia. It has this kind of like mysticism around it. Like, oh, Australia. That sounds like a cool place. I've yeah. always thought like since I was younger, I was like, oh, it would be cool to go to Australia. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely get that one. But Dominican, that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes you sad? Uh, (laughs) well, I have one word that makes me sad, and that would probably be autism-related, but, or mental health-related, but ableism. Oh, okay. And, and if you can, for viewers out there that might not understand that terminology, explain that a little bit. I would just say, like, you know, like, if there's a person that's autistic and, like, it, it kind of goes with the same type of category as, like, stereotyping, but just kind yeah. of making something out to be what it's not or um, just saying, oh, like, you're fine, like, just do it. Or, like, um, I guess you could say, like, under misunderstanding, like, you know, things such as, like, sensory issues, things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and that just makes me really sad because I feel like a lot of people are misunderstood and mislabeled. Yeah, I think I think misunderstanding things are okay as long as you are willing to educate yourself and ask questions and do research. Mm -hmm. Um, We all misunderstand things until we make the efforts to understand them. And I think that's the key um, is that, you know, like for me, I misunderstood autism the majority of my life. And I'm never Mm going to have a full grasp on it because I don't have that experience. But you know, I want to have conversations with people that are, you know, are willing to educate me um, so that I can understand a little bit better. So ableism really, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think a lot of us, maybe all of us, um, are, are guilty of that in some way. We just need to educate ourselves better. And this is how I educate myself through having these amazing conversations. 
Um, so on the opposite side, what makes you smile? What makes you happy? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things that make me smile. <laughs> Name those things that make you smile. Um, I think just being surrounded with people that I know, like, love and accept me. And I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. Um, being surrounded by my pets. Don't judge me. <laughs> pets are the best. They love you no matter what. <laughs> um... And, like, just being able to be myself, I think that would make anybody happy and feel, like, in an environment that, like, you're safe and you're accepted. And that kind of just all ties together and makes you feel happy about life in general. 100%. There is, there is something about being around a group of people and knowing that you can be exactly who you are and they'll love you and... and you know, smile and be happy that you're there no matter what. There's something really incredible about that. So mm -hmm. definitely get that. Last question. Mm -hmm. What advice or what would you tell your younger self? That's a good question. Um, I think I would say... Mm, I think I would probably say, like, not to be so hard on myself. I think I was so hard about, like masking my autism and things like that through school about worries about like judgment from other people and I think that I shouldn't have been so worried about what other people thought and then just like been myself and if other people wanted to judge that then that would have been like their loss kind of thing yeah um moral of the story right be who you are mm -hmm. um it's it's a lot easier said later in your years than experienced <laughs> earlier in your years but mm -hmm. um I, yeah i completely agree with you it's it's tough but this is our process of evolving and growing as people um and you certainly seem to evolve and grown like constantly you know as you as your life has progressed and and seeing your instagram um, and what you're involved with and the things that you do is really cool and i think it's amazing um that you're trying to give back and help people that you know, um, and you want people to have a better experience than what you had going through school. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to put all of your uh, Instagram and um, Pasto and all that information in the description below. Uh, but Holly, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I will be in contact with you in the future. Maybe we can do a later podcast of like, this is where Holly's at right now. <laughs> um, so I uh, Good luck with everything in Canada. I hope things continue to progress and that you're able to hang out with your animals and, and cool grandparents and your partner. <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah. So for everybody out there, if this is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Uh, if you're a returner, thanks for coming back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I will see you all on the next episode.